Well, we have our first guest here this morning, uh, John, and um, it's not a... It's do, you, do you know this man <laughs> opposite us? Huh? I feel strange kind of welcoming this man to O'Callaghan's Mills. It should be the other way around. Absolutely. But uh, our first guest this morning is uh, Joe Cooney. Joe, great to see you. You're very welcome. Good morning, Jim and John. And I'm sure both of you have been here on a number of occasions. <laughs> Are we have. Yeah. He had to get the Google map to get over. No, we did not. Word went around this morning. We were talking here like Joe is retiring. Yes. But um, not, not really retiring, Joe. Uh, you're finishing up uh, your current stint at the moment. Tell us uh, what you have been for the last 12 months. Well, you definitely said I'm not retiring at the moment anyway, Jim. <laughs> and hopefully there'll be a few more years before I do decide to retire. Exactly. But anyway, look, really, my stint for the last 12 months, Jim, was the Cahillock of the Killaloo Municipal District, as we call it for short, the Killaloo MD. Mm-hmm. And what that means is, as you're well aware, there's five local councillors in the Killaloo MD. And that there'll be a new a chairperson for each year. That's the way we've shared out. And the reason we've shared out that way is we're power sharing in Clare County Council. The same as with the uh, the council AGM yesterday where we also elected a new Cahirlock for the county. And as it works out, that Cahirlock is a member of the Killaloo MD as well, which is Councillor Tony O'Brien. So he'll be taking over Cahirlock of the county for the next 12 months. And he's replaced Councillor P.J. Ryan, who was the, co- the Cahirlock for the past 12 months. But we'll come back to the MD. I was the Cahirlock for the past 12 months. My uh, term finished up yesterday. We have our AGM at municipal district level as well. And the new Cahirlock goes in at the AGM. And the new Cahirlock from yesterday, the 24th of June, until the end of June 2023, is Councillor Ka- Alan O'Callaghan. Yeah. So we're really sharing the Cahillocks each year for the five years. It works out fantastic with us in the Killaloo MD because we have five councillors for five years and each councillor get their opportunity to be Cahillock of the Killaloo MD. Mm. So my term finished up yesterday and I really enjoyed my 12 months as the Cahillock of the Killaloo MD. And what's meant by the Cahillock is of the Killaloo MD, that person... Uh, organised meetings, run meetings and works with council officials for the next 12 months in order to have a smooth running of issues, meetings and concerns in the Killaloo MDG. And I suppose, Joe, you meet uh, the the five councillors from the Killaloo area, meet regularly to discuss uh, affairs in the Killaloo area and various issues that come up and I suppose to to try and all of you together making progress on the various um, problems that arise. Correct, Jim. Uh, We have six official meetings in the 12 months, a meeting every two months, where the five councillors and the council officials in the Kilo MD, Langish, our director, who is uh, Anne Hawk, who's Director of Services in Clare County Council, also our Director of the Killaloo MD, she attends the meetings as well, and any concerns, issues, and that are raised at the meetings, them six meetings during the year, 
and if there's need of a special meeting or anything, if there's issues out there, concerns out there, yes, we'll hunt our manager, who is Morgan Lahav. He'll be our senior man in the Killaloo MD, and he'll arrange a special meeting if they were required, and that will be done by the Cahirlock of the Killaloo MD yes. as, it, as their tavern progresses. Yes. Joe, I, I, I have a question. <laughs> a friend of mine, knowing that you were coming on uh, this morning on the radio, uh, said, would you, Alan, would you ask him, um, how did he get into politics at all? Because you're clo- closely associated with the party known as Fine Gael. No. How did you get into it? Uh, I suppose it's a very good question, John. It went back to, I'd say, 2003. I was preparing to go to bed one night, and a knock came to my front door. And two men from this parish arrived at the front door. Oh, God Almighty, I said to myself, what are, what, what's wrong with these two men? You should have gone to and bed, Joe. <laughs> and they said, can we go in and talk to you for a few minutes? God, I said, no problem whatsoever. Taurus Dach. Taurus Dach. We went into the sitting room, we sat down, and I was still wondering, what were these two men going to ask me? And those two men, I have no problem saying here today, who them two men were. One of them was Matthew McMahon, as you know very well, yeah. and the second one was Tommy McGrath. So, of course, we talked about farming, we talked about hurling, but they weren't coming to the point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, I suppose they, they were kind of uh, sizing me up as well, John, and they eventually came to the point to know would I give consideration running for the council. And to be honest with you, it was never in my head before that. Ever? Never. And um, were you in, from a, what I would call a political house? I wouldn't say no, I no, wouldn't no. say a political yeah. house. Uh, Lord and mercy, my father, he was been, I wouldn't say involved, but maybe a support for Fine Gael, yeah. maybe, and would pay at Fine Gael collections and things like that, but I never saw him collecting at the Fine Gael table or that. And really, I suppose, Fine Gael, Fine Fall, that time, I suppose, you had a lot more banter going on that time mm-hmm. than what you have now, maybe, as I've said earlier on, there's a lot of power sharing going on now, which in my belief is better for the county, better for the country as yeah. well, in fairness. But that's really where it all developed from. I give a consideration. I suppose those two people felt maybe a council around locally might be help to the mm. local area and that, and the catchment area. And they came back, of course, naturally enough, they told me they'd be back again, and they did come back they did again. Come back. A week <laughs> and they've been coming back ever since, have they? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I suppose it's the other way around, maybe. I ain't going to them ever since. <laughs> but I must say, that's probably almost 20 years ago now, 2003, and I really, really enjoyed it. And actually, here today, I have no problem saying, I'm delighted they came to my door, and I don't regret one minute. Isn't that, Jim, isn't that a lovely way of, 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 of uh, you know, uh, summing that aspect of your life? But that's only a small part of your life. I mean, our listeners uh, will know that Joe Cooney was chairman of the uh, county board for a period of time. How many years were you in? Now, as regards that, I was actually, as Pat O'Brien here beside me, you know, I was very involved in the club between mm. our own O'Callaghan's Mills Club between a manager and mentor of different underage teams and adult teams. I was very involved in the administration side of it. I was club secretary and club chairman for a number of years. And when I actually finished up club chairman, Pat, what year would that have been? Uh, I actually went in vice chairperson of Clare County Board 
the following year. Mm-hmm. And I done five years as vice chairperson of Clare County Board and five years as chairperson of Clare GA, we'll call it now. Oh, did, you, did, you, did you do any farm work? Uh, and you're also a contractor. <laughs> and I mean, what are they saying at home? Like, I mean, all this involvement, huh? Look, at, there is a lot of involvement, but when you enjoy it, you really look forward to doing yeah. it. Yeah. And as you've said, uh, I don't do any farm work now. I'm not a farmer, and I don't get involved in the farming side of it. Yeah. But as you're, as you're all well aware, I do have uh, construction work. You do? I do, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I really enjoy and do the construction work, and we have a lot of work on at the moment, and I always have work on it. always, is, he said, there, there's work going on. And mm. I heard uh, Garda Quinn talking about the bogus tradesmen and that's desperate altogether and we all know it's gone hard to get tradespeople at the moment yeah labor is is uh, difficult to get and i feel sorry for those people with these bogus tradespeople that's, yeah. going, that's going on and i'd be warning people here this morning as well to be very very careful because unfortunately that clientele is out there as well that want to do people and we all hate to see people being done if they get a decent job done that's enough to pay for it and yeah. move on but to pay money and get no job done is desperate and is that happening in East Clare? Not I, that I am aware of much now to be honest with you yeah. but in fairness to God the Queen there he did mention about the people going around doing it a bogus tradesmen as he called yeah. going around doing it unfortunately and again I'd be warning people to be careful and tell me with regard to the, the gap uh, in supply of tradespeople, how do you feel about the new process for uh, apprenticeships do you know you are you okay with the I am and it's simply fantastic yeah. and it's something uh, Councillor Gabriel Keaton and myself have been pushing for the last number of years yeah. and I'm delighted those steps have been taken in order to try and get the young people back into trades and we all know trades tra- uh, trades yeah. have moved on um, as we're well aware if people goes to college they don't probably want to go back out into the buildings but really um, an apprenticeship is college as well it is, it is uh, college and that's as the well. thinking that has got to start dominating that and, and I think myself in the secondary schools that we'll have to try and encourage young people maybe okay let them go to college but let them go to college take an upper trade let it be carpentry electrical plumbing whatever the case may be because there's great conditions there now compared to what was in the past. Yeah. And maybe some young people are frightened of maybe walking out in a building site over the winter months. There's no need to be frightened whatsoever. Conditions are very good. There's no one has to go out and walk in rain, yeah. hail, yeah. snow, yeah. and that thing. And as I say, a trade is a fantastic thing to have gone forward. And we're all well aware of what people, tradesmen have achieved back along the years. Mm. And I would be encouraging young people to give a consideration. I was down in St. Anne's school there about two weeks ago. Uh, there was a minister down there doing a talk with the children, uh, fourth years and fifth years. There was about maybe give or take 60 students in the room where the discussion was going on. But he asked different questions about what they were going to do when they finished the leaving. And he asked, first of all, how many was going to take, on, uh, take up an apprenticeship? And not one put up their hand. Then he asked about going to college and so many, oh, and oh. third level and whatever. But no one whatsoever put up their hand to say they'd like yeah. to go into a trade, a trade. do apprenticeship. And as he called it, it's also 
going to third level college and apprenticeship. Yeah, absolutely. Jim, what do yeah. you think of that? Yeah, it's. I suppose it's something that's only going to slowly change over time. I mean, there was, there, there's been too much of a push towards the academic side of things and not enough towards the apprenticeship in going back decades, probably. Mm. Correct. If, if we go back 20 years ago, I suppose half of the young fellas they came out after don't leave, and if they went as far as don't leave and went on to building sites and took up a trade, I worked as labourers and then developed into taking up a trade and doing their apprenticeship, and they came flaking workers and made good money in that. But like what you said, unfortunately, gradually we'll have to try and change it back again to encourage young people, both male and female now in fairness, yeah. and to go to see that. Uh, young girls and young ladies are getting the opportunity to go up a trade as yes. well and that's yeah. very very important yeah. It is, yeah you mentioned there a moment ago just John referred to the fact that you were chairman of the Clare County Board for the five years were you surprised during the week when uh, Pat Fitzgerald announced that he was going to step down look I, I was surprised and there's no point saying I wasn't surprised but again, we must all acknowledge the work that Pat Fitzgerald has done for Clare GA over the past 32 years. And at my term there for the five years as the chairperson, I was very, very involved with him. And I do know that there was days and that man probably could have put in 14, 15 hours from morning to evening before he got finished. It's a tough job in fairness and there's no point saying it's not. There's a lot of administration for a county secretary and there's no point saying it's not. But again, like myself, Pat Fitzgerald enjoyed doing it. Uh, he really, really put his heart and soul into it for both the clubs and Clare GA. And again, look at all I can acknowledge, say here man is, I compliment him on the fantastic job he done. Um, I suppose it comes the day we all have to move on. You were talking about retiring me at the start of the program. But again, Pat can be very proud of what he has achieved in his 32 years. And I remember back in before 95 and people that passed away before us were wondering, are we ever going to see Clare winning in All-Ireland? And in fairness, a lot has been achieved. But Pesh had a lot of people around him as well, officers around him and coaches and trainers. And these things don't happen overnight. But I was surprised that he did announce his retirement. I thought he might see it out till the end of the year. But hopefully before he goes that we may have another All-Ireland in the bag. And that's all we can hope for. And I want to wish Pesh the very best of luck in his retirement. Okay, Joe. Yep. And I suppose, looking, going back to the Killaloo Municipal District, there are a number of kind of irons in the fire, so to speak, a number of developments that, uh, you know, I know you've all been working on, we'll say, of interest, the, the Killaloo Bypass is one, uh, Holy Island is another, the whole thing about um, should Clare County Council of Representation and Shannon Group. I'll, I'll, what what things are going to keep you busy over the next 12 months? Well, first of all, I must say that we have five excellent councillors here in the Killaloo MD yeah. that work very hard for the people and the area of Killaloo MD. And like what you have to say in there, Jim, there's a number of issues we're working on at the moment. And we be hoping they're progressing, and they are progressing. The Killaloo Bridge crossing and bypass is one of the big ones, long as a, couple, a number of other ones will go through. That has progressed. There's almost 50 million funding approved for that project. 
but unfortunately, uh, winter tinder sometime late last year, around August, September, John Siskinson got the contract. But we're all well aware of the inflation that has yeah. happened since they got the contract. And unfortunately, that has delayed commencement because it was hoped the work would start about March, April of 2022. But we're all well aware now we're moving into July and it hadn't commenced. And we're not sure because it is a question I have asked during the week had we any date of update on what's happening? And the answer we got was no at the moment. But again, if things can be sorted out as regards the inflation side of it, we would be still hopeful the work would commence in 2022 on that project, which is vital to Clare and the Midwest region. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as regards going back to the other projects, we're well, also well aware Holy Island, Inish Keltra, there's great progress going on there. And again, we are at the stage of applying for funding to further um, progress that project, which again is vital to tourism in East Clare. Um, there was a number of other projects, and one very important one that has happened over the last 12 months, and one I've worked very hard on to try and achieve, is the pilot scheme for the wastewater treatment plant in Brawford. Oh, yes. Well, yes. Well, well, and that one now has yeah. been a tough one for the last, since actually, since I got elected to the council nearly back in 2004, yeah. we're hearing about this. Yeah. It was on the agenda, then it dropped off the agenda, but now with the minister's announcements of these pilot schemes for throughout the country, we'd be hopeful that Brawford will get included in that. Um, yeah. An application has been made now, has to be made to the department for to get included in that pilot scheme. Uh, that goes to the department, they'll assess it, and if they feel then there's marriage in it to include it in the pilot scheme, yes, we'd be hopeful it would be included and with lobbying from our uh, Rockdust members. And Joe, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just thinking, um, for our listeners' point of view, and they'll wonder, some of them won't be au fait with what, the Broadford story, but essentially we're talking about a wastewater uh, project in Broadford to facilitate the further development of the village. Isn't that right? That's what it boils down to. That's correct. I mean, Broadford is only 20 minutes out from Limerick City, ideal commuter, a commuter village. Uh, Shannon is very close. We've talked about it before. And uh, uh, Broadford simply cannot hold on to its existing services unless the wastewater is provided for the village, isn't that is, the story? Is, is, is actually essential for Brawford. Yeah. But John, just to come in there, to be honest with you, with the environment and the criteria that's there now, every rural village by right should have their wastewater treatment system in place. But unfortunately, we're all well aware the funds are not there for Irish Water to do that at the moment. Mm. There is actually 10 other settlements in the D that don't have a public wastewater system. Really? There is, yeah, 10 other um, settlements, yes. including our own village here, O'Callaghan's Mills, Budaike, Bridgetown, Flagmount, Ogunalo, villages like that. And that is actually a setback in the present day, before they were putting in maybe a treatment unit and building eight or ten houses, like what was done here in O'Callaghan's Mills in the 70s, when we got 12 RHO houses up here, yes. and they had a separate treatment unit in for the 12 houses, but unfortunately, them treatment units are gone by their cell by date because of maintaining, who maintains them afterwards, and now there's a public system needed in each village, mm. and hopefully the profit will be 
get their uh, treatment plant in the near future. And when both of theirs, gosh, we'll be moving into another area in the Killaloom D and try to progress in that village, whatever village will decide. And it'd be ho- great if the councils could decide the next village to move to Winter. instead of trying yeah. to look for tin together, try and keep make progress one at a time. And that's what we hope to achieve. But at the moment, we're totally focused in on the Bradford one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The the Shannon Group as well, and Shannon Airport, and it's great to see a fairly large increase in flights and in in people, pass, you know, passengers going through the airport. There has been a discussion about um, whether the a representative from the Clare County Council should be on the board of Shannon, um, the Shannon Group. And I think the chairman of the Shannon Group was, was not in favour of the idea. Uh, what's your own view of, of how Shannon is doing generally and how we might progress forward? I suppose, Jim, to go back to um number of years ago, before the pandemic stroke, we actually had a council meeting held down in the Shannon in the airport. And it was frightening down there that they were on the sign of a plane going in and out. We spent the Monday evening down there from probably two o'clock to seven o'clock. And we were very, very concerned. Things didn't really progress too much after that. Then the pandemic hit and then there was a full stop altogether. Then we're well aware of what happened with the chairpersons of the Shannon Group, as you've mentioned there. But now there's a new chairperson in there, uh, Connell Henry. And we had a briefing from him in the council chamber a number of weeks ago, and I was impressed by him. But my honest belief is, the question you asked me, should there be a member from Clare County Council part of that group? Yes, there should be. And I'd be saying the chief executive should be that person. That'd be my view. Other people might have different views. Yeah. And he should be part of it mm. because Shannon Airport is vital to the Midwest. And I've been saying that the whole time. And if we don't have a good, viable airport, we are not going to get businesses into the Midwest region. So it's important and very, very important that someone from Clare County Council should be a member of that group. Fair enough. And that's... Uh Putting it fair and square, I suppose. It is a really yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, Joe, listen. There's one, other, one yes. other thing, there's a lot of concern about seeing them talking to two Scarif men here today. Parking in the town of Scarif has yes. become a major problem. And I have a lot of business people very concerned over there that their businesses might suffer because of the lack of parking. We are working on it. We did think now over the last couple of years we had an area where we could have used for a car park, that's on the fetal road, yeah. where the council now have gone, unfortunately, they have uh, changed plans there and they've gone for a housing development, which is going, for the gov- is going to departments at this stage, uh, to, to the departments at this stage for final improvement for 18 apartments in that uh, area grounds as you got out the fetal road. On the left hand side. Before the mat. Yeah. It was hoped that a car park could have been fishes in there as well along in that development, but with the nature of the ground, that didn't work out. Yeah. As you're well aware, the RDDA funding that was approved for the town of Scarif as regards car park in the hub, the uh, square and that, as to what was going to be uh, upgraded and that and that, the car parking was part of it. But that is going to take a bit of time. That funding is only to put a plan in place, acquire property and whatever, and move forward. So the car parking is a big issue. 
it's something we're working on. Um, as I say, we are concerned that businesses will suffer yeah. if parking in pushing places go and it's something that we're really going to work on over the next 12 months. You asked about what we'll be doing over the next 12 months, Jim, but that's one of my main priorities is to try and get, get something sorted as we get as regards yeah. parking in the town of Scarif. That's good. Okay, Joe. Listen, it's been great talking to you. We could keep going for another half an hour. But we have a few other guests coming in as well. Listen, many thanks. Uh, Great to come down here to O'Callan's Mills and to talk to yourself. And uh, good luck in your, I won't call it retirement, (laughs) but uh, over the next year, because I know you'll be working hard uh, for East Clare. And you're always welcome to O'Callan's Mills. (laughs) Thank you, Joe. Thanks very much, Joe. Bye.